According to a report in MIT Technology Review, more people took genetic ancestry tests in 2017 than in all previous years combined, with no signs of slowing down coming into 2018 and 2019. Time Magazine now says that genealogy is now the second most popular hobby in the United States. But shouldn't we be expecting more from our genetic testing? Isn't there more that the human genome can tell us? Hello and welcome to DataPoint, a podcast where we focus on all the ways that data and analytics are driving innovation in healthcare. I'm your host, Greg Matthews, and this week we're going to be talking with Robin Thurston. Robin is the CEO of a company called Helix that's taken a pretty different approach to the consumer genomics marketplace. We're going to talk about the difference between genotyping and next-gen sequencing and what's out there once you get past genealogy. I had a tremendous time talking with Robin and learned a lot in the process. I hope you enjoy the conversation just as much as I did. Robin, thanks so much for joining us on DataPoint today. Happy to be here. Thanks, Greg. So you and I have actually known each other for a long time in some different contexts. Uh, when you were at uh, MapMy, I was at Humana, uh, had to, an opportunity to do some early partnership work there, which was really exciting. And uh, you're one of the folks who uh, inspired me to move to Austin, in fact. Uh, so it's great to be connecting with you again here today. Yeah, no, happy to be here. And, and it's always good to put the uh, historical data points together. So, you know, <laughs> it's sort of interesting that we're, we're, we're still both in healthcare and trying to move the, the ball forward. Exactly. It's a good thing. And actually, that's good yeah. context for where I'd like to start off. As I mentioned in our introduction, you are the CEO of Helix, a consumer genetics company. And I wonder if you could sketch in a little background for our listeners as to how you came to be at Helix and what was it about the opportunity that you saw there uh, that made it so compelling for you? Yeah, so, um, you know, some background, you know, as I, I was uh, building Map My Fitness for, you know, 10 years as co-founder and CEO and, you know, had a really unique opportunity to sell that business to uh, Kevin Plank at Under Armour mm -hmm. um, and build out their digital strategy, which, you know, we went on to, you know, add, I mean, Map My Fitness had 65 million users, but you know, then we added my fitness pal to the mix in the nutrition and diet space and another company called Endomondo and, you know, five other, you know, sort of smaller, um, you know, companies and aqua hires that we did to, you know, put the connected fitness team together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I, it was, it was, um, you know, it was just, I think for me, we were building something really interesting at, at Under Armour, which was, you know, how to look at everything from sleep to, you know, motion during the day to the actual, you know, workout that you were doing, as well as what you were eating, and kind of try to put that whole picture together on this sort of proactive, you know, lifestyle slash health side um, of, you know, hopefully make sure, you know, someone never ends up at the doctor, you know, right. And so as, as I was sort of like, I knew, I really knew I wanted to get back to a startup. I, I really, um, you know, obviously had a big, you know, sort of the third platform that I built and I was really interested in, you know, building, you know, something else and certainly in the health space. And when, um, when Helix reached out to me, uh, there were a few catalysts for me. It was, um, you know, certainly meeting the co-founders uh, was part of that. And hopefully down the road, you get an opportunity to talk to James, our chief science officer. Um, 
that was a pretty important part. But the, but the other part for me was like they're they're the interesting thing about DNA is like one is um, you know in this case all running the same technology using the latest technology which is next generation sequencing which we'll mm-hmm. I think we'll talk more about later. But you know the 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 idea that the data was super clean. And that you could start to, you know, take uh, the genetic data and merge it with the, the phenotype data, whether that be electronic health records, whether that be, you know, um, the same data that we were collecting at uh, Under Armour, mm-hmm. um, and build that into something that would ultimately, you know, sort of democratize uh, this category of, of genetic data and, you know, hopefully empower, you know, big breakthroughs in science, health, and you know, personal wellness, like for me, it was like, wow, this is a really, really interesting opportunity. There were certainly the, you know, the other components of it being a spin out from Illumina and, you know, um, you know, the, the partnership model, which I thought was really interesting. But I think more than anything for me, it was like taking this amazing starting point, which is, which is frankly, it, it is, it is the most basic starting point. You can't, you can't get any, <laughs> uh, you know, more detailed than right. your genetic data and what that potentially means. And so I, I just thought it was a really interesting, uh, exciting idea around, um, you know, really proactive health and understanding, you know, who we are as human beings and hopefully empowering some of these uh, discoveries. I like the way that you put that. And to be honest with you, uh, not just because of our relationship, but I've been a, a MapMy user for many years. And to be honest with you, the thing that has helped me the most in that process is being able to connect the activities that I do uh, through MapMyRun uh, to the nutrition in MapMyFitness. It's the combination of the two that makes it so powerful. And so as you talk about sort of the the background, uh, the human genome as sort of the bedrock uh, of, of any kind of uh, – I'm going to call it decision support for an individual, being able to layer on behavioral data, being able to layer on treatment data, man, that is a really, really powerful proposition. Yeah. I mean, not only is it powerful, my view is it's inevitable. Mm. Like there's, there, we're not, I don't see like if, you know, this progression of you know, and there's obviously a lot of um, conversation around the data and privacy and all of those things. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we're going backwards here in terms of we're going down a path where you're to part like, you know, the, the industrial revolution to me is is following through with the data revolution, yeah. which is that data will be the, you know, the, the, the huge input into big decisions that are made, whether that's in health, whether that's in finance, whether that's in, you know, any vertical, it's data is, we're, we're only going to continue adding data sets. And from my perspective, for personal health, wellness, um, you know, the human genome and the data that's there is absolutely essential to, to making the right decisions. Um, yep. Some more, some, some have bigger consequence than others um, because we, we're still very early in our in our understanding of the human genome. But sure. um, they all have big they're all going to have big consequences at some point. So let's talk a little bit about the I guess the consumer genetics marketplace. Um, I think probably all of our listeners uh, who tend to be healthcare nerds uh, and I, I know they'll forgive me for calling them that. 
uh, are going to be familiar with 23andMe and, uh, you know, have probably been tracking the process of, uh, you know, Ancestry.com bringing an Ancestry product and uh, National Geographic. But can you break down the consumer genetics marketplace just at a high level for us uh, and then talk a little bit about Helix's place in that market? Sure. Um, you know, so the the I think the first of all, the players that you mentioned are, you know, 23andMe, Ancestry, um, you know, there's color that sort of sits in, you know, the consumer initiated market and it does some, you know, business to business selling as well. But, you know, they're kind of to me in the consumer, you have a whole bunch of small players. There's, you know, now there's hundreds, if not thousands of tests being run by you know, uh, a variety of players, you know, through different types of labs. Um, mm-hmm. And those might be, those might be really uh, very um, directed tests. Like, you know, do I have a gluten sensitivity? Do I not? You sure. know, um, it, I mean, there's just a whole slew of things that you, you, you know, you might have a genetic test run for. And there are varying degrees of um, the science that backs that up and, you know, the, um, you know, the potential understanding from a research perspective of, um, you know, where, where, what that information really is, is revealing to you or how accurate it is. Um, but the, the, the real, the consumer genomics market really has been largely in the ancestry space. So mm-hmm. in, 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 you know, running someone's genealogy and understanding where they are from, um, and, you know, the vast majority of people that have had any sort of uh, DNA testing um, have um, primarily done it for that reason. Um, and that's, you know, I think that it, 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 it does answer one of our basic questions as humans, which is, um, where am I from? Yep. Right. Like it's a very so it's not it's not a surprise to me that that has largely been the killer product. Um, you know, and service in the market of consumer ge- uh, genomics. Um, it doesn't require, you know, FDA approval. It, um, you know, doesn't require a physician to order it. So there's, mm-hmm. there's a whole bunch of reasons why to me that has sort of sprung up. Um, you know, I think the challenge for, for the category is that, um, you know, of the whole category and the different, you know, things that consumers might look at. So, you know, health is obviously there and, and we'll talk more about that. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's personal wellness things like, you know, food, nutrition, fitness, um, you know, and looking, you know, at your genetics there. Um, and then, you know, there's a like I said, there's a wide variety of, you know, other types of tests that, you know, people um, are selling, you know, in the market. And the the, the issue is that, you um, because the human genome in some ways is complex, not only do people not necessarily understand the differences in the technologies, um, you know, all of the, um, the, the current services in the consumer genomics market largely are uh, using an older technology called genotyping. And uh-huh. genotyping targets specific letters of the genome to answer very specific questions. Okay. And so the, 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 and the, you know, the new technology called next generation sequencing, what is, which Helix uses, we're running in a, a whole exome. Um, the difference is that in, in next generation sequencing, you're literally reading every single letter and paragraph um, on a page and whole chapters. Um, so an exome is sequencing all 22,000 genes, the full genes. Um, and, you know, that information, the reason it's different is that um, if, if later on, like if there's a new piece of research that comes out next week, most of that research now is based on next generation sequencing because there's some large databases that are being used to, to do new discovery. 
Got it. So the vast majority, 90% plus, is based on next generation sequencing. So the challenge is that if you have had some type of genotyping done historically, some consumers perceive it that they have had their genome sequenced, but the reality mm. is they have not. They've had a very, very small set of data run that won't necessarily tell them health conditions, won't necessarily tell them, you know, or give them a full picture against research that's coming out. And so the nice thing about next generation sequencing or running a full exome is that we, and for many of our partners, are future-proofing them. So when the next set of research comes out, instead of having to resequence the person, getting them to spit again, sending in a kit, right. all that partner has to do is request the new data set, and we can deliver that to them essentially immediately um, you know, based on a new research that they might want to initiate. And that um, actually... And actually, before we go yeah. there, Robin, if you don't, I apologize yeah. for interrupting you, but that is actually a perfect place for us to take a break because when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about making that distinction between, you know, an ancestry application versus a health application versus a wellness application. Um, because it sounds as though Helix has taken a pretty different approach to enabling those things. So we're going to take a quick break, but we're going to be right back with Robin Thurston. Stick around. Hey everybody, this is Reed Smith. And this is Chris Boyer. And we are co-hosts on a show called Touchpoint, which is a podcast that's dedicated to the discussions on digital marketing and online patient engagement strategies, not only for just hospitals, but health systems and physician practices. In every episode, we'll dive deep into a variety of topics on digital tools, solutions, strategies, and other things that are impacting the healthcare industry today. And while you listen to this show, we would certainly love you to check out ours. All you have to do is swing on over to touchpoint.health for more information, and also some of the other shows that are featured on the Touchpoint Media Network. All right, and we are back with DataPoint. I'm your host, Greg Matthews. Our guest today is Robin Thurston, the CEO of Helix. And Robin, when we went into the break, we were talking a little bit about the distinction between ancestry applications, uh, healthcare applications, wellness applications, and the fact that doing genotyping is probably not going to be enough to do more than a single application. It makes me wonder, you know, how, how can one company possibly anticipate all the potential applications for an, uh, a, an exome sample, a true next-gen sequencing sample? G can you tell me a little bit about how Helix is addressing that question? Yeah, I mean, so the, the original idea of Helix um, was uh, to sequence once. So, you know, essentially convince the consumer that through one of these applications that would be beneficial to them, um, you know, to learn something, whether that be about health or ancestry or whatever, that you sequence all 22,000 genes up front. And that as there are new discoveries or new products that basically get built on top of that information, that the consumer obviously um, has to initiate, has to, you know, authenticate and authorize that um, you would unlock these, uh, you know, pieces of information and that that unlock was going to happen over, you know, frankly, a long, long period of time as new mm -hmm. discoveries, you know, happen in the marketplace. And so, you know, the, the idea really was that, um, you know, and is that, you know, you, you might start um, by being really interested in, you know, ancestry as a category and decide to do National Geographic on the Helix platform as a starting mm -hmm. point. But then, um, as you sort of move through life and like maybe, you know, you started uh, there because you were curious where you were from, 
then, you know, you in a few years down the road, you get married, you're about to have a child and you're like, wow, you know, I, I, we should have some carrier screening done from a health perspective before we, you know, decide to have kids. And you decide to use one of our partner products like uh, Semaphore, which is a Mount Sinai company mm-hmm. and go and do carrier screening, you know, and then fast forward, you know, a couple of years, um, you know, maybe you're trying to, you know, get ready for, you know, uh, a, a fitness event or a marathon or something like that. And you're looking at what you eat and, you know, you're looking at, you know, how you're training, et cetera. And you're like, okay, I want to try something like Carmichael training systems or Everly well from a food sensitivity test, because I'm trying to optimize these things. And then, you know, fast forward down the road and you learn an uncle has a heart attack and you, you know, you want to learn whether or not you have, you know, potentially familial issues related to heart conditions that our platform would essentially over that, you know, sort of long life journey, allow you to unlock those things through time because we had sequenced all of that data up front and then allowed you on your timeline as a, as a customer and consumer, your timeline, your decision process to unlock that information over time, that is just a very different proposition than, you know, through all those partnerships that we have, that's a very different proposition than anything in the market. Um, the other thing that's really important to remember about Helix is that we are for the customer reviewing all of the scientific literature and validating the applications that are on the Helix platform. Mm. So yes, today we have about 40 products on the marketplace. 20 plus partners and we have another you know 10 to 15 partners launching product in 2019 but the reality is if we weren't controlling it at all we just were letting anything on the platform we'd probably have double or triple that number of partners today so sure. we feel like it's really important that to review the scientific literature and the claims that the partners are making so that the consumer is potentially getting the best experience and certainly the highest quality information so that is a rare, that is a differentiation of why our platform model is different than, say, us just offering a product in market similar to what other um, consumer uh, genetics companies do today. Yeah, that is fascinating. And I think if if we put on, you know, the hat of a potential partner, uh, you mentioned Semaphore. I know you said twenty uh, or so partners at this stage. What's the benefit for them of working with Helix? Why why would they want to work with Helix as opposed to doing their own exome sequencing, for example? Well, the, I would say the biggest reason is that we have turned the challenge of building a uh, you know genetics product from a hardware um, you know and infrastructure project as well as a software one into a software only problem. So. You know, our, we have a we have um, the largest exome sequencing CLIA and CAP lab in uh, San Diego. Um, our quality, um, we believe, of the exome that we run is is superior to anything that's in the market. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think our partners like Mayo Clinic and Sinai have validated this. Um, so there's there's a you know every company is making a decision between. Um, you know, buy, build, how are they going to, you know, potentially get these products to market? I think we just offer a very easy solution um, that is very low risk to the partners to building on top of our architecture. I think the other part is that we are, um, you know, because it's a marketplace, um, you know, we are bringing attention to these products for these third parties. So if they were just launching their own product, they essentially have to do all of their own marketing. Right. Um, in the case of being partners with Helix, we are um, helping them get the word out about the fact that they have these products. But I, I ultimately think the decision largely comes back to 
um, the quality of our technology platform, as well as the, you know, the underlying genetic sequencing that we're doing on behalf of the partners and the ease at which they can get a product to market. You know, that last bit uh, is so critical. I mean, certainly, you know, the Mayo Clinic has tremendous resources, but there are, you know, other organizations that are, you know, building on the Helix platform that may not have that kind of resource. Certainly the right science, but I've got to believe the barrier to entry in terms of, you know, solving that hardware problem as you describe it is a really significant one uh, for, for many of your partners or potential partners. Yeah, absolutely. So, and you mentioned the marketplace, and this is something that I was particularly interested in um, because it was a it was a little bit of a surprise to me. You know, certainly I've I've known for uh, a few years what Helix was up to at a high level, but I was surprised to see how much the marketplace itself has developed in terms of you know actually being able to go to Helix.com and. Uh, you know, make my connection with the right application for me right from that marketplace. Can you tell me a little bit about the the evolution of the marketplace and why that has become uh, more highly evolved and more important? Yeah, you know, um, the I think when when the company started, um, we largely thought that the relate the first relationship with the customer was going to be through um, the partners themselves. So whether that be at natgeo.com or mm-hmm. at mayo.org, um, we thought those relations were going to come through those channels. And what we have learned is that um, in some ways to help a consumer understand how the marketplace works, why next generation sequencing is differentiated um, and how, you know, they explore these other uh, tools um, and applications over time is that we have been actually very good at telling that story um, in the marketplace. And, you know, um, more and more customers are coming to Helix directly to start their journey um, in understanding uh, these various categories and, and concepts and ideas that they can they can have access to through these partner products. Um, so it, that has been a bit of an evolution, um, but one that, you know, in retrospect, totally makes sense because, uh, you know, I do think when you see the story on Helix.com, it's kind of understanding the journey that you could take with your DNA and your data um, is pretty clear. Whereas when you come in through a third party, uh, you know, uh, partner site, that it isn't quite as clear what the next step you can take yeah. uh, could, could be. And to be honest with you, as a, you know, as a consumer, I can validate that because I just exploring the site learned so much that I never would have known in terms of being able to connect the dots between all these different applications uh, for my, my genome sequence. It's really, it's quite fascinating. As we close out, and this will be, I think, our, the, the, the final question that I wanted to ask you, as you look to the future, um, is there anything that you can share with our listeners about the direction that is, uh, you know, any, any new directions you're going, anything you're particularly excited about, uh, you know, any uh, potential hurdles in the consumer genomics marketplace? What, what can you tell us about, uh, you know, what we should expect to see over the next couple of years? Well, I think um, there are a number of very, very large projects um, you know, not only going on in the U.S., um, but globally, um, that I think fundamentally will will move us um, in the direction of much, much deeper understanding of, of the human genome and, and therefore the utilities and applications that the consumer uses. An example with us is like we started a project last year with um, 
renowned uh, health in Nevada mm-hmm. um, called the Healthy Nevada Project. And, you know, we, um, you know, they, they initially had targeted 40,000 people um, that they were going to uh, do exome sequencing on. And then, and then you know, from a research uh, perspective, marry that with uh, electronic, the electronic health record for the individual. And um, they've, they've, you know, there's some data, you know, being published here shortly, but they have, they have already started to change care for people that showed, um, you know, some type of, uh, you know, condition that they could treat in a different way, whether that be potentially, um, you know, uh, heart related, uh, diabetes related, um, cancer related. And I think these large, so that project in Nevada, you know, um, we've already sequenced, uh, you know, uh, close to 40,000 people. They're expanding that to 250,000 people. And wow. the discoveries that will be made off of these large scale projects, I mean, obviously another one is the All of Us project, which is the national project mm. um, that Francis Collins leads. So like there are very, very big projects going on, you know, both from through the NIH um, as well as, you know, um, within these hospital systems that are, I'm certainly very excited about that are going to shift the industry and, you know, really help this become something that is um, standard care um, that, uh, you know, the physician will be using um, in their treatment of um, individual patients. So those projects are really exciting about what is next to come from a learning perspective, from you know, uh, a research perspective, and then likely the products that come off the back of that that um, are very for very specific uses. So, um, you know, those to me are the biggest projects that are um, in the works that mm. um, are going to fundamentally alter our understanding of the human genome. And honestly, I find that tremendously exciting, and it's a it's a great place to close out. Uh, I also want to reference the fact that there's another podcast on the Touchpoint Media Network called The Exam Room. Uh, that's uh, hosted by Dr. Brian Bartabedian. And he actually interviewed uh, the CEO of Renown Health, uh, Tony Slonim, uh, a couple of months ago. And Tony talked in some detail about the, the project that you're describing there, Robin. It's, uh, it is really a fascinating listen uh, for those that want to go deeper into some of those uh, health and population health uh, aspects of consumer genomics. So I, I appreciate you uh, making that connection for us. Uh, Robin, I'm, I'm so grateful uh, for you to have been on the show today. I would encourage uh, all of our listeners to go and check out helix.com. Um, I think the, the marketplace there is a fascinating one. And I hope that there are uh, some folks out there who may be thinking about applications of consumer genomics data that may uh, may want to look at Helix uh, as a potential partner, uh, because I think the work that's being done is tremendous. And uh, I think the more attention and the more volume that we can sort of bring into that genomics marketplace, the, the, better, the better we're all going to be, the faster the learning is going to happen. So Absolutely. Robin, thank you so much for joining today. I hope that we'll be able to speak again soon. And uh, if people do want to find out more information other than Helix.com, how can people connect with you? Well, you can follow me at uh, Robin J. Thurston on Twitter um, and certainly find me on LinkedIn as well. Terrific. All right. Thanks so much, Robin. And to our listeners, we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to the DataPoint podcast. If you like what you've heard, please do rate, review, and share it with your social network. It means a lot. 
And if you have ideas for show topics or guests, please email them to me at greg at healthquant.health or send a direct message to at Chai Moose on Twitter. That's C-H-I-M-O-O-S-E on Twitter. For more information about this show or any of the terrific healthcare podcasts in the Touchpoint Media Network, check them out at touchpoint.health. See you next time. This has been a Touchpoint Media production. To learn more about this show and others like it, please visit us online at touchpoint.health.